Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness. The show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on purpose discussions, and magical moments. It's Talk, Purpose, and Truth with Kim and Eden. Hey, Eden. Hi, Kim. How are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm inspired to be here, and um, everything's great. And we are excited because we have an international guest. So that's especially when these Zoom meetings work well. Um, yeah. Although I for like three and then now we've been doing them again so I guess we're just kind of flip-flopping back and forth yeah because you um, know the, the the next uh the delta variant got us so well, we had like a short window us. well no I mean it stopped us I guess from uh we're just being careful studio yeah 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 so anyways we'll, we'll be back there soon so we're very excited to welcome our guest Julie Snook we met her through Glenn with Imperfectly Perfect campaign, and she's a, a big supporter of mental health awareness. She is a journalist, presenter, and MC, and newscaster in Australia, and an ambassador for endometriosis and Imperfectly Perfect campaign. So welcome, Julie. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Wow, that's such an introduction. I need to like take that up and play it everywhere I go. That sounds so nice. <laughs> Very impressive. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. So there's, um, tell, okay, I'm reading the wrong thing again. I did this in the last episode. So tell, <laughs> I'm, I'm just lost. Okay, tell us about your career as a host and journalist in Australia. So I'm based here in beautiful, sunny Sydney, which thankfully it is sunny because we have been in lockdown for quite some time now. <laughs> so it's lovely to see some new faces. Yeah. Uh, but I am based, I'm based out of Sydney and I work predominantly in broadcasts, so radio and television. Um, and I work across a couple of the networks here, Sky News and Fox Sports News. And um, I'm just, I'm a country kid. I grew up in regional New South Wales, Australia, and um, have just sort of fallen into this media game and along the way fell in love with it. So I've worked in newspapers and magazines and TV and radio and um, yeah, I've been doing it since I left school. So that was a little while ago now, a few years ago now. Um, <laughs> and now I found my way here to Sydney and um, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be in this part of the world, I can assure you, but at the same time, get us out of our houses. We are ready for summer in, in Sydney and we are ready for this whole COVID situation to be done. I know, right? Are you yeah. doing stuff from um, for the news on Zoom from there or how are you doing that? Well, I'm very lucky. I've still been able to go into the studio. A lot of the work I do do from home, so a lot of preparing and, and liaising with our guests and things. Of course, a lot of interviews are done via Zoom, which uh, is such an incredible way of going about things. I can interview people while sitting at home right now wearing jeans and slippers. So it's a great, yeah. you know, it's a great mix. <laughs> You've got to, got to take the positives where you can. Uh, but I've been very lucky that any time I do obviously have to be in the studio, which is a few times a week. 
um, I do get to go into the office and, and be in that work environment, which I think has been such a great thing for my headspace. And um, I, I realise how lucky that is compared to other people. So, uh, yeah. yeah, still still sitting at the news desk when I need to. Yeah, that's really exciting. And neat. They, man they, they managed to make it work. Yeah. They make it yeah. work. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You've always got to make it work in these situations. Yeah. So in your career, Julie, you had a video go viral with another newscaster talking to you in a negative way. Can you tell us what happened? <laughs> oh, I wish I knew. Um, yes, that was that was some time ago. And I mean, I guess the clip is very self-explanatory of, of what happened. Um, look, I, I, I like to think it caught us both on a bad day. Um, the other person in question, Amber and I, uh, have never had an issue prior to that and never had an issue since. So I think it was just not a great day for either of us. But what we didn't expect was for that moment, which was off air, um, in an ad break, you know, we didn't expect that to, for the world to see that and not just the world. When I say the world, I mean the world. We, did, we didn't expect that. Um, so there was a lot to take in when all that happened. And... Um, a lot of attention and scrutiny that came with it and that wasn't a, it wasn't a nice experience you know it, it became a lot of people found it very funny and obviously you can look back in hindsight and see the humor and, and just how ridiculous it all was but at the time um it was a lot it was a lot of interest and everywhere you went people were just it felt like people were mocking you they were mocking you so it was it was a lot at the time but um you know no hard feelings in either party and and we got off with our job and you know it was just quite ridiculous the whole thing was quite ridiculous that it became what it became and right so yeah. she she asked you to wear a different colored shirt and it came across wrong and I mean it just shows you though that when you're in the media everyone sees a different perspective and then it can turn ugly so fast and I'm sure mm -hmm. she got a lot of flack for that and it's like we have to be a little bit more compassionate and realize everyone gets in a bad mood once in a while you know, or, you know, says something they don't mean. And it's crazy how sometimes people can be unforgiving and they don't realize that. Yeah, and, and I think that it also played up to the characters that perhaps people have envisaged when it comes to the media and when it comes to women in the media. I think they really like to pit us against each other and that's not the case. And so I think it sort of played into that as well. Uh, but it was just two people having... A bit of a bad day and probably being a bit short and and I certainly have put my hand up and taken responsibility and apologized for my part and said look it, it was not my best moment and I'm sorry for the way I reacted um but it's it is it was quite ridiculous to be honest and people were very cruel towards Amber they were very mostly supportive towards me I have I have to say but I know I was also mocked and I was ridiculed and Mm. Uh, people were, uh, you know, I was unfortunately reporting on on the on the road. We say um, I was out and about in the public, so people can just walk up and say whatever they want to you. Mm. And I was in the sports realm at that time, and you know, you're standing outside of stadiums where there are tens of thousands of people going in to watch a football match, and you just, you know, you're just copying it everywhere. And so it was really, mm. it was really difficult and embarrassing at times, and um, you know, you, you feel. I felt very ashamed of my behavior and, and ashamed of the whole thing. So it was a, quite the roller coaster um, of emotions. And I know Amber also received a lot, a lot of negativity. Um, mm. 
So it was a strange, strange time. Um, that's for sure. But I learned a lot from it and that's all you can do. Just, you know, learn yeah. and, and get on with it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see the clip of what happened, but um, I, I, it sounds like it's probably better to not go over it again. But so it was just like this argument that you guys had on the air. Um, just about we went on wearing, air. her wearing a shirt, a wrong colored shirt. Yeah, yeah, we, we weren't actually on air. It was it oh. all took place in the ad break. So somebody's um, oh. went to the effort of, of releasing it. Uh, editing it and releasing it and sharing it with the world. So oh, yeah, it, it okay. didn't happen on air. It was an, a, an exchange, a conversation off air that uh, both of us would have presumed was a bit of a safer environment. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's crazy because in America, they, I don't know if they also do that there, but in America, a lot of times someone, it's ridiculous. Like someone will say the wrong thing accidentally and they'll just be like, fired for three years like for saying mm -hmm. one little wrong thing and the person didn't mean to and they apologize and they still you know won't let them back and it's just so unforgiving it is unforgiving it is it is we're, we're a bit luckier here <laughs> we're not quite as brutal here but uh, I think the world of social media in particular has made it a very unforgiving uh, realm and and you know they like the phrase keyboard warriors, they can say whatever they want to whoever they want. And they're really up until recently has been um, no repercussions for them. And I always remind people, especially younger people who uh, are new to it all, um, they would never say it to your face. You know, no one would ever walk up to you and say something so cruel to your face. Uh, unfortunately, the power of social media has given them that mm -hmm. ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's very it's, sad. It's a. It's also created like this false sense of self that they're they're they have so much power. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think social media is twofold. Though. I think it <laughs> enables people to be a bit more powerful in their own way as well. So it's it's a funny social media is a funny thing, but um, I think it has like anything, its pros and its cons. Right. Yeah. My my kids say to me I can't imagine how you could live you could have lived back in the old days when you didn't have social media and you, you had to look up being a kid with social media oh yeah. true so true but they were saying like you know we when we needed to know something and needed information we looked up in an encyclopedia or a dictionary or we just didn't get the answer right <laughs> yeah so it's just, just so different just, yeah I'm yeah. Thank God for Google, huh? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a different way of living now. It's true. <laughs> um, okay, so you are also a, a spokesperson for an, for um, the endom endometriosis awareness and an ambassador. How was your experience with this? And I know you've had 13 surgeries for endometriosis. Mm. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. And so, and, and how do you also help it and reach others with this? So I was diagnosed with endometriosis when I was 19. So going 15 years ago now, um, after I had years of illness, undiagnosed illness of some description, and I was diagnosed at 19. Uh, I have had 13, what we call laparoscopies, which is to remove the endometriosis over the course of the last 15 years, which is uh, not ideal. You certainly don't want to be in and out of hospital that many times, let alone having surgery that many times. 
Um, but I was lucky enough that a friend of mine, Mel, who I know was hoping to join us today, uh, she invited me to, to be a part of Endometriosis Australia. And when I was first diagnosed, I had no idea what endometriosis was. I didn't know how to say it. I didn't know how to spell it, let alone what the disease was. Uh, fast forward 15 years, and I think we've come a long way. I mean, we're having a conversation with you about it now. Yeah. It's quite remarkable um, how much publicity and awareness that Endometriosis Australia here has has alone. And I'm really proud of the work that everyone on board is doing. It is essentially just a chance to reach out, to let people know what it is, to educate people that, you know, one in 10 women, and to be honest, I think it's probably more, um, are living with this disease, some highly impacted, some not so severely, but either way, it's in their world. And it affects, you know, your your wife, your girlfriend, your sister, your mother, your best friend. There are so many people that are impacted by this, but we call it the silent disease because you can't see it. It's not a broken arm. Um, there's no cast on it. You can't just, you know, pop a cast on it and fix it. It's It's hidden and you can't see it. And so a lot of the time when women are turning up to work or events or running their family, you know, running their households, children, things like that. Uh, you can't see what they're going through. So that has a huge, not only physical, but mental toll as well. So I've been really, really happy to be working with Endometriosis Australia. And I've been so overwhelmed by once you share your story and you get it out there and you remind people that they're not, they're not alone. There are others going through this. The amount of men that have reached out, colleagues, friends, strangers, and had said that, oh, my sister-in-law has it, or my sister has it, my partner, I think she might have it. It started a conversation, which is all you can ask. You know, we might not be able to fix it. It's it's incurable at this point in time, but at least we're raising awareness and having a conversation and making people more comfortable about it. You know, you shouldn't have to hide and pretend that there's nothing wrong or um, that the reason you're calling in sick to work for the umpteenth day is because you have a headache or a gastro. You know, you, you should just be able to be honest about it. So it's been really great to be involved um, in that campaign and, and sort of get the message out there. And that's one of the benefits of social media now. We, exactly. we talked about the negative aspects. But yes, <laughs> that's, that's one of the positives. Yeah. 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 yeah to get it to, out to more people and talk about it. Yeah. And you yeah. talked about the mental health aspect of that. And especially like having, you know, a lot of people with endometriosis have periods of chronic pain, um, you know, for like 10 days in a row, really severe pain. And that's a lot like a chronic illness. And same thing, no one sees it. And you're trying to get through the day and, you know, you feel crazy because the pain won't go away. And so that definitely affects your mental health. And I know you've done some work with Imperfectly Perfect campaign, which we work with as well. And that's all about mental health awareness. So what is your take on that? And um, how do you feel we can improve as a world on mental health awareness? I love the Imperfectly Perfect campaign because it just, I think it just sums everything up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. We are all imperfectly perfect, no matter who you are, what you might deem to be your issues or, you know, what you have wrong with you. Uh, we've all got something. We all carry something with us. We all have a story. Mm -hmm. And this campaign, um, I found it really refreshing. The, the images that you see are so raw often. 
and I remember when we shot mine, my photo, um, I was having a really off day. I was sick. Um, I felt horrendous. I felt I looked horrendous. And to be honest, I didn't really want to be there uh, because I was probably feeling a bit more vulnerable than I normally would be. And mm-hmm. the irony is it captured that moment perfectly, which is the whole point of the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you kind of feel like you should be turning up to a photo shoot looking amazing and feeling amazing. And I didn't. And uh, that was the irony is that in that moment, it actually was very me and very raw and very honest. And I love these images because that's exactly what they are. And I think, uh, and like you said, um, Aiden, social media can be so powerful. And I think when it comes to reaching out to people and reminding them that uh, there is nothing wrong with you, uh, it is okay to feel like this. And uh, I have endometriosis and it has caused me some awful, awful times and some awful heartache and I haven't been okay with that some days. There are some days I didn't want to get out of bed. There are some days that I didn't want to go to work. There were days that I didn't do either and that's absolutely fine. But it was, it did take a long time for me to acknowledge that the endo was impacting my mental health because I was missing out on so much and, excuse me, I was sacrificing so much and I was trying to put on a brave face and I was trying to get on with the show and... I couldn't always do that. And you feel very weak and you feel very vulnerable and you feel like a failure. You feel like, especially as a woman, you feel like your body's letting you down and it's not doing what it was designed to do. Um, Now I'm not, I'm only newly married. We don't have children. um, And I know it has impacted some women in the most horrendous of ways. They will never have the opportunity to have a family. So that you can't take away just the impact that that would have on a woman in particular, her her mental health, because Mm -hmm. You do. You feel like you've you failed, essentially. Right. And and the beautiful thing to such a challenging situation is that when you place a video up and people all over the world can see it, they go, oh, my God. Because for some reason, we go through stuff. There's been so many times I, I like, stupidly feel like, oh, I'm the only one that's yeah. or feeling this ridiculous, you know? And then you see, you feel better. Googling, okay, what public figure gone through this and what did they do? Yeah, because true. Because then you feel like you're the only, you're not the only one, but also like when it's someone like you, Julie, like that's in the public eye, you feel you've gone because you go, wow, they to show public this. So if they can do it, I can do it too. Yeah, and I was very private about. I didn't tell anyone. At- I had a couple of girlfriends I would have told at work, but typically at work for the majority of my career, I didn't say anything about it. Didn't really want to make a fuss. Even when I had surgery, I would just quietly go off, come back a week later. Uh, But it got harder and harder as I got older because I probably got a little bit more impatient, a little bit more fed up, a little bit over the whole process and ended up just sort of telling more and more people. I I think maybe I was shying away. I didn't want to make them uncomfortable because a lot of men stereotypically don't really want to hear about any women issues and so I didn't want to be having that conversation to make them awkward and then all of a sudden it was like wait why am I why am I worried about what you think yeah trying to make them feel comfortable with you yeah yeah 
Exactly. So I think I sort of changed my approach and I was so much better for it. And then I started speaking about it publicly and I've written a few articles and things like that. And to be honest, there are probably family members that read those articles and think I had no idea because I've never been, which is my own fault, really too vocal about it. Um, but it is so cathartic when you are and it is so helpful. And, um, you know, there are days where I've had to be on air with a heat pack, with heat packs on my back. Uh, I can't take any strong painkillers because that won't end well for anyone. <laughs> um, you know, you, you've got a, a bin next to you because you feel like you're going to be sick. And, and there's all these things that you're doing and you're sort of just juggling like anyone would be to get on with it. But um, I, the message that I've received from so many people has been, oh, thank God, you know, I'm not crazy. Because a lot of the time you feel like you're crazy as well. There's that. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you think you've lost your mind. Um, so a lot of people, men and women, have said, you know, just thank you for reminding us that there are other people going out there, regardless of what your job, regardless of who's in your family or, or what you do. Um, it's an awful thing to go through. And I think the, the key message is that you're not alone and there are many of us there to support you, even just to talk to you about it or give you some tips on how to get you through or what a good heat pack is or what a TENS machine is or um, right. diet, anything like that. You know, it's just this little community we've created. Of, we call them endo warriors or endo sisters and you can just have a chat and know that we're all here to support you and help you and you're not on your own. Well, that's amazing. And, you talked about having the surgeries. Um, I know someone who has it too, but she's never had the option of having surgery. So is, does that, um, I don't know, is there other different types of endo? Well, I suppose it might be different in other parts of the world in terms of approach to treatments as well. I, I wouldn't want to comment too much on the medical side of things, but um, from what I understand from my education is that it can't actually be diagnosed until it is operated on for the surgery if it is oh. there because it doesn't actually show up on ultrasounds and the like. Um, it's, but again, this is what I've been told over the years that to be 1000% confirmed while every, you might tick all the boxes for the, for the surgeons to actually physically see the disease um most of the time it does have to be under, yeah in surgery conditions but there are so many different ways the great thing with technology as well is it's really changing so from my first surgery to my last most recent one um my surgeon was excited because they're using fancy new robots and things that make next to <laughs> no no saga for for the patient and and the, the doctor gets to go in with a fancy robot and and do his thing and it's sort of non-invasive and um, you know, technology is really progressing, as is the medication side of it. So there's a lot. We're in a much better place. We've got a long way to go, but we're in a much, much better place than we were when I was first diagnosed, which was about 15 years ago. Mm, that's awesome. Okay. Well, um, this kind of goes along with the uh, what we've been talking about, but tell us a little bit about your, your home life. I know you really got married. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Okay, I'll talk about it. Uh, we got <laughs> married uh, nearly six, just about six months ago now, which, to be honest, in the climate we're in right now, makes us even more grateful because we yeah. did postpone a couple of times um, off the back of COVID. 
And we were only talking about this the other day, saying that initially we postponed sort of for a couple of months and then a few more months. And a few family members said, why would you just throw it back a year? We'll be fine in a year. And if we'd done that, we wouldn't be getting married because of, of how it stands right now. So we had a beautiful wedding with um, 80 of our nearest and dearest in March of this year and my husband I have kicked him out of the house at this point in time but he's floating around and um, he's also he's a wonderful support throughout this whole of course and Demetrios's journey and um, the poor partners they're the ones that really cop it they're the ones that have to heat up the heat packs and rub the back and go and get you a tea or go and get you painkillers or some nights not even know what to do because it's so ugly. So he's, he's been a wonderful support. And, and we have a third child. We have a little, a little dog called Daphne, who I thought <laughs> might've made an appearance, but he's taken her out as well. Oh. Um, so that's us. We're a little family of, of three and uh, we live here in Sydney and uh, we're very, very happy and, and very grateful to have each other. That's for sure. That's awesome. Well, yes. Julie, I love your authenticity and vulnerability and you're just yourself. And I think that's such a great example um, of anyone, especially being in the media, because then other people feel they have permission to do that too. Um, how do people follow you or find you? That's a great question. Social media. <laughs> all <of> that. <laughs> Everything always boils down to that. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. Yes. Always goes back to social media. I'm not the greatest on social media, I won't lie. But um, yes, of course, like everyone, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter. And it's very basic at, at Julie Snook, really. That's it. I'm the blonde one there and that you'll find me. <laughs> I yeah, haven't posted anything of like because I haven't been anywhere. Oh, right. <laughs> Well, you post about your life indoors. Yeah, I don't even do that because I look around and think, well, <laughs> who wants to see this? <laughs> well, we hope we hope you guys get out of lockdown soon and that we don't go back into lockdown. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, we, we're too. really we're really excited to to be on a plane over to see you guys maybe one day we can't wait to to travel again and um but more than anything we just can't wait to to see our friends and our family and you know what it's like it's just who would have thought in our lifetime huh that we'd ever go through anything like this it's just i feel like the kids will be sick of hearing about it one day but it's it's extraordinary and yeah um, we here in australia have been so lucky in comparison to other parts of the world we we don't underestimate that so while we complain about our lockdown, it's um, here in Australia, we've been very, very blessed. Yeah, and you're in a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. I live on the, I'm living on the northern beaches at the moment, so you guys might be envious. It's, it's a beautiful part of the world. It's, there's uh, beaches everywhere and there's sunshine. <laughs> it's quite lovely. <laughs> yeah, I have it. You know, my, my best friend is from Australia. She lives in Sweden now because she married a Swede. But uh, I was able to go to, I didn't, I only went to Sydney really quick, but I've gone to like Room and Darwin and um, Byron Bay and Queensland um, and um, what do you call it? Perth and um, Brisbane. So I've been a lot of Australia. That's, um, so that's I love, really love, good. Love yeah. That, that's so good. The worst thing about Australians pre-pandemic, I'll say, is that we didn't travel enough in our own country. And now I feel like we will perhaps, or perhaps we'll all be on the first plane out of here. Hard to tell. 
But I still haven't been to Darwin and Broome. I would love to get to Broome. It looks exquisite. Yes, go to Broome. That's one of my, I want to go back so bad. And it's interesting because yeah. one, of, one of the things, it was something really magical that happened when I was in Broome. They had this thing that only happens once every like couple thousand years. And it was, you, we went to this hotel, like the most famous hotel in Broome. And we were on the beach and it was called Stair Steps to the Moon. And the light from the moon made stair steps into the ocean. And wow. it really looked, it looked exactly like stair steps. Wow. And I still, and I was young when I went there and I still remember it like a picture, you know, it was just so magical. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's Kim, amazing. You have, to, you have to post pictures of that. Do you have? I, oh my God. Yeah. I have to look for those. Yeah, I do have it, but I, I have to find, we have like boxes of pictures in the attic. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, oh, cause oh. back, back then they were real pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably in a photo album somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, well, that's amazing. I really yeah. appreciate you being on Julie and being so candid. And I think it's going to help a lot of people and, you know, with whatever they're going through, it just gives a new perspective of, of being a warrior and being able to help others by, by just being candid about it, you know? Um, so thank you everyone yeah. for listening. Please visit our website, talkpurposeandtruth.com. And, um, we'll, we'll hear you and see you on the next episode. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.